Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Family Church in Ohioville, Pennsylvania. We pray you are challenged in your walk with the Lord through the following teaching. For more information about Christian Assembly Family Church or to subscribe to our free podcasts, please visit us on the web at cafamily.net. Anyone need a copy of the notes? Just kindly raise your hand if you'd like a copy of the notes. Anyone at all? We have a few up here on this side. Copy of the notes. Up here in front on this side here. My left, your right out there. Over here. That's it. Right here in front and back there. Anyone else need a copy of the notes? Just raise your hand. It's good for future reference. You can refer to them. Scriptures are there for you. You can look them up for yourself, etc. Amen. Praise God. Well, if you got your Bible out there, let's hold our Bibles to heaven and say thank you, Father, for your holy written word. It's a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Your words are life to me and health to all of my flesh. I have what your word says I have. I am what your word says I am. I can do what your word says I can do. Holy Spirit, anoint my ears to hear, my heart to receive, and my mind to be open to the knowledge of the truth that makes me free. Quicken me according to the word. Change me from glory to glory. And I boldly say, I will never ever be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. So since it's Mother's Day, we're going to talk about honoring mothers this morning. We know it's a secular holiday, but its roots are found in the Bible. And we'll talk about that a little bit. But uh, way back in 1907, Anna Jarvis went before President Woodrow Wilson. And she set out to see to it that there would be a day set aside or set apart so that we could honor mothers on that day and in 1914 officially of course it was designated that the second week in May would be the day to honor mothers and of course for her it was a great accomplishment but her accomplishment was short-lived because by 1923 she was very disgruntled and very disappointed you might think well why well it was turned into a day of profit It was so commercialized at that time that she actually got herself arrested. She was arrested for disturbing the peace at a war mother's convention. They were making money. They were making a profit by doing what? Selling white carnations. And oh, it disturbed her to no end. She got herself arrested. She said, I wanted it to be a day of sentiment, not a day of profit. Well, Today we see it's really commercialized. And today we know it's okay to give our moms cards and gifts and phone calls and flowers, etc., etc. Moms don't mind that. But this morning we're going to find out that moms deserve a whole lot more than just a card or just a flower or any kind of a material gift. They deserve a whole lot more than that. But let me also add this. Preaching a Mother's Day and a Father's Day message is one of the most difficult things to t- any preacher to do. You know why? There are many scenarios that exist in a congregation of any size, of any size. For example, we have women here probably that could not have children or haven't had a child. And 
a day like this where we're honoring mothers, there might be a sense of emptiness on the inside as a result of not able, being able to have a child. Also, it could be that you lost your mother at an early age. And also it's painful for that person just to talk about others celebrating Mother's Day on a day like this. Also, a mother could have lost a child at a young age. You want to minister life to every person that's here, but when you see all the different scenarios and you think, oh my, it might be a painful day for that mom that lost a child. Whether it's through miscarriage or through a sickness or a disease or a car accident and so on and so forth. It happens and we know that. And then also we understand that there could be that a child had an abusive mom. Maybe she abused alcohol and be, became this violent person. Who knows why, but whatever, whatever reason, the child feels like as though that they had a bad home life. Then you've got mothers that say, my children have been disobedient, rebellious, stubborn, etc., etc. And there's a, let's say, a broken relationship there between the two. And then, of course, one of the most tragic that I know of is when not too long ago, uh, someone on Mother's Day committed suicide. And the mother heard the gunshot to go to the back and find that the, her child was dead. So when we talk about celebrating moms and Mother's Day, depending on where you're at, you can see how difficult it would be to try to reach every person's need. But I believe the Holy Ghost can do that. Amen. So we single out certain things uh, that we highlight and that we emphasize. So to all of you, no matter what your scenario might be, you have our prayers, you have our support, and we thank God for your lives. Amen. The biblical perspective when it comes to Mother's Day, number one, honoring mom is a command, not a suggestion found in Scripture. In the book of Exodus chapter 12, notice, or chapter 20, verse 12, notice what it says. Honor thy father and thy mother that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Now you just read that one first out of context and you miss a lot of important meaning. And it begins with this. The first four commandments are commandments that deal with our relationship directly with God. That God is our creator to be exalted and honored in our lives above all else. No false images are to be placed before you worshiping any false image. Number three, we do not take the name of the Lord our God in vain. Don't misuse it. And number four, remember the Sabbath day to keep it what? Holy. Those are four commandments that he gives with regard to our relationship with himself. But then, then from there, fifth commandment, honor thy father and thy mother. Now we're talking about social relationships here. Honor your father and your mother. The very first commandment you could say in dealing with social relationships deals with the honor of father and mother. Why that your days may be prolonged. It's the first commandment with the promise and we'll talk about that in a moment. But notice clearly we are instructed and commanded not just suggested in scripture to do what? To honor. And the word honor is a Hebrew word that actually means something heavy. Heavy. You've heard of the expression she's worth her weight in gold. That's the kind of heavy that it's talking about. View your mom as being a heavyweight in your life. 
Someone whose person you value as gold, she's worth her weight in gold. It's talking about your perspective. It's talking about your attitude. It's talking about the attitude that exists within you toward your mom. How you should view her and how you should see her. Not as society wants us to see things, but God's perspective. And let me just clearly state this. This will only sink in our hearts and ears if we highly esteem God's word. It's our attitude toward the word of God that will determine the place that God holds in our hearts and lives. And so it's up to us to take a hold of these particular truths and have them reign supreme within our hearts. Why would God say immediately above all else, honor your father and your mother, first commandment in social life. Look at Leviticus 19 and verse 3. You're going to see here in these unfolding scriptures that God takes this relationship seriously. You shall fear or highly reverence every man, his mother and his father, and keep my Sabbaths. I am the Lord your God. Notice the Sabbath was the fourth of the first four commandments, and honoring your parents is the first of the next commandments in social life, the first of social life. But notice he says fear, and the word fear means reverence. To highly regard and highly esteem in such a way so as your conduct, your attitude, your treatment of your mother is one with deep respect and honor. She holds this place in your life so that you express your fear with respectful conduct toward her. Secondly, I want to point out that dishonoring, dishonoring mom produces or you could say unleashes or releases a curse. And when you hear this, what I want you to do is look behind the scenes and see some things. A lot of people don't realize it, but they're experiencing a lot of heartache and pain in life because they have dishonored their mom, parents. And they don't recognize that. You never see that in a hospital report. This person's experiencing this here because they dishonored their mom or dishonored their dad. It just won't be there. But... You're going to see how clearly in Scripture it can possibly be true. In Deuteronomy chapter 27, 16, this is from the English Standard Version of the Bible. Cursed be anyone who dishonors his father or his mother, and all the people shall say what? Amen means so be it. In other words, we agree with it. We agree with the fact that anyone who dishonors his father or his mother will live under a curse. So scripture has absolutely positively nothing good to say about any person who dishonors his father or his mother. Who doesn't view them as heavyweights. Who doesn't view them and their lives as being more valuable than the weight of gold. That person will unleash a curse in his or her life. Look at the scriptures. Look at Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 20. These are some of the scriptures and what they say about anyone who does what? Who doesn't honor his mother or father. And we're talking about mothers today. If one curses his father or his mother, his lamp will be put out in utter darkness. His lamp will just be extinguished. It'll be put out. Might be walking in confusion, not knowing what to do with his or her life. Not realizing the foundation for it all is they're walking in this darkness because they've dishonored their parents. You know, 
one thing we could say is this, is that our parents have lived a lot longer than we have. And they've gone down some roads that we're trying to go down. And they've already fallen into the ditch or maybe hit a road bump, etc., etc. And they can offer some good quality counsel and advice to children. But it seems like more and more in every generation that goes by, parents are just viewed as, as individuals that you just got to get, get over with. You know, just get through that part of your life with. But that's not how God intended for it to be. Not at all. Look at the Proverbs 30 and verse 17. Again, the English Standard Version. The eye that mocks a father and scorns to obey a mother will be picked out by the ravens of the valley and eaten by the vultures. Pretty detailed. Pretty graphic. Wouldn't you say? Oh my. Plucked out. <laughs> Think about that. Let's move on. Leviticus 20 and verse 9. These are scriptures with regard to honoring or dishonoring parents. Anyone who curses their father or mother is to be put to death. Because they have cursed their father or mother, their blood will be on their own head. Ooh, that's pretty strong, wouldn't you say? Wow. Okay, what else, Lord? Look at Deuteronomy 21, verse 18. If a man have a stubborn and rebellious son, which will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother, and that when they have chastened him will not hearken unto them, then shall his father and his mother lay hold on him and bring him out to the elders of his city and unto the gate of his place. And they shall say to the elders of his city, this our son is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey our voice. He is a glutton and a drunkard. And all the men of his city shall stone him with stones. He shall die. So shalt thou put evil away from among you. And all Israel shall hear and fear. Sometimes some atheists will pull this out and just say, who wants to serve a God like that? But you know what they fail to recognize, what they fail to understand? This particular crime that was being committed is no different than committing murder. And notice that in that, those verses of scripture, what it says it says that the son has been dealt with with the mom and dad. But the son is so rebellious and so stubborn that he will not listen to anyone or anything. And the things that he is doing is damaging and harmful not just to them and their family life but probably to others. So notice that they don't have the, uh, the ability on their own to stone him. They have to take him to the elders. Why? They're going to have a court session so to speak and they're going to sit him down and talk to him. The parents have made every effort to get the child to change. But now it's up to the courts, it's up to the law, it's up to the people, the elders of the city, and they're going to gather together and they're going to sit down with this young individual person and kind of find out what they're thinking and why they're living their life the way they are. Now, as far as the, the law is concerned, you need more than one witness to accuse anyone of anything, especially if it's capital, capital punishment. And so then the father doesn't have a right or the mother doesn't have a right just to say that this son is deserving of death. That will be determined by the court system, by the law, by the elders. To my knowledge, I don't think that it's ever been followed through. But, can you imagine being that young child sitting there before the courts, before the elders, and being asked why you're not doing what God told you to do to be obedient to your mom and to your dad 
you realize that you'll be punished by death and if it did occur, if it did happen, can you imagine the deterrent it would be for other young people within the community of the city? You think that would make a statement? It wasn't an unjust law. It's just like if you committed murder and you died to death. That's how it was viewed. And what was the reason behind it? To remove evil from among you. So there were different ways and means, you know, that they used. And again, to my knowledge, I don't know that it ever happened in Israel because it didn't have to get that far because the person then woke up. I better obey. Any smart individual would, right? All right. Now, next, how to honor our mothers. Would you agree with me that God takes honoring our mothers and fathers seriously? Based on what scriptures you just heard read? I would, without, without a doubt. Thank God that we can get our mother today a card, a flower, a gift, a box of candy, a phone call, etc., etc. And those are wonderful gifts to give mom. I sent, I would have sent mine a bitmoji. But her phone won't receive that kind of a message. I asked Dante to help me this morning. And the other mothers that I knew had a smartphone. He sent for me bitmojis to all the different mothers to wish them happy Mother's Day. And that's okay to do something like that. But I believe with all my heart that you moms out there deserve a whole lot more than a message sent or a phone call called or a box of candy or a flower or a white carnation or just a card, maybe with some money in it or maybe taking you out to eat. All that's wonderful. But that's the commercialized part of it. Let's begin to roll up our sleeves and look at the serious nature of it. Number one, I believe to honor our mothers they deserve first and foremost obedience. Look in the book of Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 1. Here the apostle Paul takes what was the Old Testament first scripture, or first commandment rather, that's directed towards social relationships. He quotes it and says, children, it might be a good idea for you. It'd be a good thought for you. I have a suggestion for you. No, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right, number one. It's the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. Of all the commandments, this is the first one with the promise. What's the promise? That it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. Think about that. There's longevity. There's well days. There's a good life and there's a long life revealed in scripture if we will but do what? Obey our parents in the Lord. Because they have wisdom and understanding and knowledge. Look in 1 Samuel chapter 15. Obedience. Talking about obedience. This is Saul when he refused to do what God told him to do and this is the umpteenth time that he did this. Samuel said, Samuel's the prophet who goes to Saul and says this, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? In other words, I'd rather you obey me than offer a sacrifice after you disobeyed me. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken or to listen better than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Now who would practice witchcraft? Not anybody here I would hope. But who would practice rebellion? 
and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Who practices idolatry? But who can be stubborn? Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected thee from being king. Obedience. Moms deserve obedience. Moms deserve children that will obey them, listen to them, hearken to their voice, listen to their words, and not be stubborn, and not be rebellious. It'll grant you what? Long life. Look at Proverbs chapter 1, and verses 8 and 9. And good days. Proverbs chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. My son, hear the instruction of your father. Forsake not the law of your mother, for they shall be an ornament of grace unto thy head and chains about thy neck. Now that's kind of blind to us. But if you go back and consider the days in which this is being spoken, it's a time when the kings would hand out these garlands that would be worn, let's say, around the female's head, flowers and all that, or a chain around the guy's neck that he would wear. And it was given to someone he considered to be his favorites. So if you're walking through the marketplace and you've got this, let's say, garland around your head, it's identified as coming from the king because they know it came from the king or the chain around your neck that comes from the king as well, which means you are the favorite of the king. You think anybody would mess with you? Not in those days. You mess with one of the king's favorite, you mess with the king. You mess with the king, you're in trouble, your life could be taken from you. Well, beloved, what he is saying in Scripture is this. What a child chooses to be obedient to his or her mom and dad in a respectful, loving, obedient way, it's like a halo from God is placed over their head, and as they walk about, that halo identifies them as an obedient child of God, honoring the fifth commandment of God, honoring his parents, and wherever that child goes, praise God, God says, it won't be the government of the king that will defend you. It will be the government of heaven that will defend you and surround you. Parents, this is going to cost you a quarter at the door. A quarter. What does that say to young people? Don't miss out on this opportunity. It's almost as if you can get on TV and do an infomercial. Don't miss out on this opportunity, young person. This is a way and a means by which you can guarantee well days and long life on the earth. How? By, first of all, viewing your mom as someone who is worth her weight in gold. Viewing your mom as someone that you should submit yourself to in obedience that you should honor her in such a way that you value her and esteem her so highly that you'll do the things that she wants you to do. And you'll listen to what she's saying because she's got a lot of wisdom because of her years. Amen. Now, disobedience is deeply rooted in sin and shows a lack of regard for God and his word. My question is, are you giving your mom the obedience that she deserves? Someone says, but I gave her a card this morning. Or I gave her a flower this morning. Great, but are you giving her the obedience? You might say, but I'm a little bit older right now. Well, that's okay. It's still okay to honor your mother when you're older. Matter of fact, you're going to see until the day she dies, you should honor her. Now, when I was uh, young, actually I was 11 years old. 
I'll never forget it. At the time, 11 years old. First time I decided I wanted to go out for the football team. Hard for you to believe I was the smallest kid on the field. Hard to believe. Hard to believe, right? I know it is. What can I say? But I'll never forget, I played for Bob Stoops. The grandfather of the Bob Stoops that coaches the Oklahoma Sooners. And my shoe size was so small, I had to go find them. They were nowhere to be found. And I was a walk-on. How about this? Walk-on at 11th youth football. I'm a walk-on. Because you see, I started after the season started because I didn't think my dad would want me to play football because of the money for the insurance. It was a whole whopping $5 back then in the 60s. And so I got my little uniform together, right? And I, I went out to the, to the, where they were already scrimmaging, where the coach was. And the coach looked at me and says, uh, you new player? I said, yeah. Well, what do you think you'd like to do? I said, I'd like to run the ball. He said, you like to run the ball? Yeah. Are you quick? I said, I think so. I said, I can beat everybody in my neighborhood. He said, okay, I'm going to put you in a tailback position. And let me see what you can do. We're just going to, th- I had no idea about plays or anything like that. He said, we're going to throw you the ball. You just run. Okay. So they threw me the ball and I ran around the right end for a touchdown. Brought me back, said, okay, I'm going to put you on the other side, the same thing, and I'm going to give you the ball. Okay, give me the ball. I go to run the left side for a touchdown. He says, buddy, if you do that one more time, you're going to be my starting tailback. So the third time in this scrimmage, I did the same thing and ran for another touchdown. He said, you are our starting tailback. Well, I come to figure that there's one thing that you can't really defend, and that's speed. Okay? And I realized I was just quicker. And it's like, where did you get that speed? We have no programs developing speed and all that. So he said, where'd you get your speed? I said, running from my mother. <laughs> and I would get into detail about it. I have to admit to you, I was a little mouthy. (laughs) Confess your faults one to another, okay? I was a little mouthy when I was 11 year old and growing up and all that sort of thing. And my mother was feisty and fiery. She's four foot eight. Four foot eight. Fiery, and I'm telling you, so I would say something and I can see steam coming out her ears. And the moment I saw the steam, I went running from the bedroom into the hallway, into the kitchen, around the corner. And the moment I got halfway down the cellar stairs, I thought I got it made. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, a slipper hits me in the back of the head. (laughs) So I kept trying to get faster and faster and faster and faster. And one day, after ducking a bottle, I ran out the door as fast as I could. Oh, so that's how I gained my speed. You know, by running as fast as I could and developing my skills, running from my mom. Oh boy, what can I say? Have you been there? Mm-hmm. We've all been there once or twice, haven't we? Secondly, respect. Look at First Peter chapter 2. She deserves obedience. Are you giving her that obedience? She deserves respect. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God. Honor the emperor. Notice. 
Show respect to everyone. What is more important than your relationship with your mom and dad when you're growing up? Young person, if you want to be popular with anyone, it shouldn't be a peer. It should be number one, Jesus Christ. Number two, your mom and dad. That's how it should be. If you want to be popular, be popular with them. And you know what? I can't begin to tell you if I could boast about my children, I would just boast about my children all day long. I could start with my Andrew and just all the, if I read you his text, it would boggle your mind. Jesus coming back yet, Dad? You think he's coming back this fall? I just can't wait to see him again. I want to be there again. I was with him in heaven. I want to go back there again. I want to be with him again. What about Anthony? This is my friend Anthony. You know my friend Anthony? You think I should tell him more about Jesus? I've been telling him about Jesus. He told me, Andrew, stop, stop, stop. He's coming from an atheist family, atheistic family. And dad, I told him this, I told him that, I told him this, I told him that. I'm sending this here, I'm sending that. He took pictures from the Bible and sent them pictures to his phone. That's all he does. Day and night, day and night, day and night, day and night. My Dante here, oh my goodness. Thank God for, for young people that really serve God, that love God. You know, he's found in his room reading his Bible. He's found in his room with the light on even late at night and all that. I think he's gone to bed, but no, he's reading scripture, reading his Bible and all that. But one of the things that really stood out to me with Dante's life, and it just blessed my heart so much, I repeat it and say it over and over again to everybody I can, was when uh, one of his teachers came up to me at, at a swimming pool one day, he just walked up and just said, I just want you to know something about your son. I said, what's that? He said, in, in gym class, he is one of the leaders and he picks, he picks his own team as to who he wants on the team. You know, whether it's basketball, volleyball, kickball, whatever the, the games are. And of course, you know, when you're a teenager, all you want to do is what? Win. So you're going to pick out the team that you want to pick out to be a winning team. Well, he said, your son always picks out Ronnie. And I said, well, who's Ronnie? Ronnie, I, I thought it was a boy. Ronnie is a girl. A Down syndrome girl. His first pick is always Ronnie. Always. And she's on the team with him. He says, but the thing is, his team always wins too. <laughs> but imagine being then a 16-year-old, the heart. See, that's what I look for, the heart. And, and if I can say as parents we instilled anything in our children's lives, you know, to have that kind of compassion for a, a young person, to do that, and that's just the beginning of it. You know, and I can go on and on. So I, I thank God and, and my daughter, I just, she's away in school and Grove City College and just a, just a blessing. Knowing that she loves God, and just knowing that she serves God, knowing that she's kept herself in that state of mind all these days of her life. Um, but notice respect. We respect our moms, number one, because of their person, number two, because of their position. Your mother brought you into this world. And as mine said, I can take you out. <laughs> now, come on, mothers. Have you ever said that out there? Uh-huh. Come on. I'm confessing. Now, I want you to confess. When's the last time you said, I brought you into this world, and I can take you out again? Right? Not out to eat, either. Out of the world. Knock you to another zip code, right? Mm-hmm. We've all been down that road. In Eastern cultures... It's a little bit different in our Western society. It seems like we don't have a sum of this. In Eastern cultures, do you know what? In Eastern cultures, these people, they honor their parents and grandparents to a fault. 
to the point to where they actually worship their ancestors. They hold them in such high esteem that they worship their ancestors. Now, no one is to be above God. But obviously, there's a middle of the road. We're to love, respect, obey moms because of their person and because of their position. They brought you into this world and because of them you have life. Because of her, you have food, clothing, and the list goes on and on. She tirelessly works every single day to see to it that she sacrifices of herself to give you the quality of life that you're experiencing here today. Being a mom in any society is not an easy job. Ask anyone if they would rather have another job. And usually the answer is yes. Okay. But once again, starting with the beginning, it's going to be our attitude toward the word of God that will determine the place God holds in our lives. And we've got to have an attitude that says, I'm going to have a mindset that says, I'm going to love, I'm going to respect, I'm going to obey my parents because God said it's the right thing for me to do. And it opens up the door not to a curse, but to the blessing of God. You can walk with a halo around your head instead of a blanket of a curse. And then number three, affection. Look at 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 20. This is the New Living Translation. Affection. Instead of a card, give her affection. Elisha left the oxen standing there, ran after Elijah and said to him, first let me go and kiss my father and mother goodbye and then I will go with you. Elijah replied, go on back, but think about what I have done to you. Now, you've got to understand this relationship between Elijah and Elisha. Elijah is the prophet of God that's about to be translocated into heaven, and he's going to have someone that's going to succeed him, and his name is Elisha. Elisha is going to follow Elijah for the next 20 years of his life, and he's going to be with him from Gilgal to Bethel to all the way to, to the Jordan, okay, to Jericho, then to Jordan. And he's going to follow him exclusively and learn everything that, that Elijah knows. But he says, at least give me this opportunity before I leave to go be with you to go kiss my father and my mother goodbye. Showing loving affection. It's easy for us to take for granted all that our parents do. It's easy to take for granted that they're there. Whether it's cleaning our clothes, cooking our meals, etc., etc. They would rather have affection. I know when my kids hug me, it does for me beyond anything I can imagine. Better than anything else that I could ever do. What about you? Amen. And they just wrap their arms around and say, I, I love you. I thank you. And I know when they get older, maybe that's not as much. But I remember one day, Tom, you might, in the days of Blackhawk High School basketball when they had the championship teams. And if you recall, um, Dante Calabria played on that championship team and they won the state title. I think my Jason was, jeez. 16, 17 years old. And I'd be sitting there and the stands are full. And he would walk over and sit on my lap in front of everybody that was there. To the point I had others comment afterwards and another preacher who saw this came to me and said, a friend of mine said had tears in his eyes. I said, he did, for what? When he saw your son come and sit on your lap and put his arm around you and watch the game with you? He said he had, all he could say was, I wish my kids would be like that toward me. He, he just couldn't, he couldn't imagine it. He couldn't believe it. Yes, it was a packed house, but still, they felt comfortable doing it right in front of all of his peers, just sitting down right on my lap. 
He's a little bit heavier now. <laughs> but anyhow, you can show affection in different ways, whether it's the hug, whether it's the kiss, etc. But did you know, and a phone call is a good way to do it. You can do it with words. And words, trust me, trust me, young people, words you speak to your mom and to your dad, the words you speak are highly important. Don't insult them. Don't disrespect them with words. Love them and honor them with words. And I'll tell you what, you'll have favor of God. Now, did you know that Mother's Day, there's more phone calls on Mother's Day than any other holiday, any other, any other day of the year? Matter of fact, AT&T says that, that it goes up 37% on Mother's Day. Like 122 million phone calls. All these millions of phone calls. Right, to mothers. Did you know on Father's Day, there's more collect calls than... <laughs> It's true. I looked it up. It's true. On Father's Day, there's more collect phone calls sent around the world. Anyhow. Oh, boy. Decisions. Number, letter D or next. Number four. Love your mom with your decisions. How important is this? Notice in Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 1. The Proverbs of Solomon, a wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish son is the heaviness of his mother. In other words, when a son makes foolish decisions with regard to his life, it's heaviness in the heart of his mother. Nothing creates that kind of heaviness in the heart of a mother than to see a son or a daughter to make bad choices and wrong decisions in life. It makes her heart extremely heavy. And then Proverbs 17, verse 25, look at that. A foolish son is a grief to his father and bitterness to her that bear him. So once again, this is not me. This is the mind of God. This is what God is speaking. This is what God is saying. This is how important this relationship is as far as God is concerned. That parents would be the godly parents that God wants the parents to be, but also that children would then respect, honor, obey show affection for and make right choices based on what the instructional teaching of mom and dad to see to it that the choices that they make in life would be those that will honor God and also honor their parents. So when a child acts in foolishness, the heart of the mother is greatly affected. And finally care. Look at this. How important this is. Care. Which means when we grow more mature in life, and of course your parents are going to be even more mature than you are in life, it's important that we recognize our responsibility to care for our parents has not ended. Look at the book of Matthew. Matthew's gospel chapter 15. And this will help give some insight. To what Jesus was teaching here. If you read the verses before verse 4. You'll find out that they were criticizing him. For what he was doing. As far as eating with unwashing hands. In other words you're violating the laws of God. The commandments of God. Okay. So here's how Jesus responds. He's so sweet to them. For God commanded saying. Honor thy father and thy mother. And he that curseth father and mother, let him die the death. But you say, whosoever shall say to his father or mother, it is a gift which is called Corban, by whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me, and honoreth not his father or his mother, he shall be free. Thus have you made the commandment of God of none effect by your tradition. You hypocrites. This is Jesus speaking to them. Well did Isaiah prophesy of you saying this people draws near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips but their heart is far from me but in vain they do worship me teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. What did he mean by this? 
What's this Corbin? What's this gift he's talking about? They're criticizing him for not following the traditions of the fathers by eating without unwashing hands. Jesus said, you bunch of hypocrites. You tell these people when their parents get older, it's okay to take their life savings and put it into the treasury, the temple treasury, instead of those young people helping their parents when they're older and caring for them in their, in their old age. So you're saying that it's okay for them to do that and then tell their parents, mom, dad, I'm sorry, I can't afford to help you now that you're older and now that you need help with your, you know, your finances or your care, maybe you need this, whatever, because you see, I, your son, I've given everything I have to the temple treasury. Jesus says, you hypocrite. Number one, that's not a commandment of God. By your tradition, in order for you to get money to take care of yourself, you have violated the commandment of God, which is honor your father and your mother. Not to take your money that you've not been told to put in the in temple treasury. No wonder he turned over the table to the money changers and all that. No wonder he was so upset and irate with them. He says, you've turned this into a, a den of thieves. Jesus had the right understanding, not them. So when our parents get more mature, it's important that we realize we're responsible to care for them in every way we possibly can and honor them. It goes throughout all of our life, no matter what. And John's Gospel, chapter 19, and we'll close with our conclusion here in just a moment. Look at John 19. This is verse 25. These scribes, you know, and Pharisees, Jesus was just so irate with them because of they're honoring tradition above his commandments. Now look at what Jesus does. He's on a cross when he says this. He's about to die for our sins when he says this. Another stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother. And his mother's sister Mary, the wife of Cleophas. And Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple John standing by, whom he loved, he saith unto his mother, Woman, behold thy son. Then saith he to, his, to the disciple, Behold thy mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her unto his own house. Jesus was making provision for his mother for the rest of her life by saying to John, John, there's your mother. Take care of her. So before he died, he made certain she was cared for. She was provided for. Wow. What's our conclusion? It's okay to give mom cards, flowers, candy, material gifts, phone calls, etc. But it's better to give obedience. It's better to give respect. It's better to give affection see it's better to see to it that you give her the care that she needs and you invest in her life in such a way so as to be a blessing to her and making this to be the decision of your life will put a halo around your head and they'll have to stand against God to defeat you let's close with our closing text Proverbs chapter 23 The father of the righteous shall greatly rejoice. And he that begetteth a wise child shall have joy of him. Thy father and thy mother shall be glad. And she 
that bear thee shall rejoice. You want to make your mother rejoice? You want to make your mother happy? You want to make your mother glad? You want to make her day, so to speak? Appreciate her. Love her. Obey her. Make right choices and decisions. Live a righteous, holy life before God. Put her where she belongs in your heart and in your life and care for her. Respect her. Consider her person and her being as being more precious and valuable than her weight in gold. That is more important than a steak dinner or a white carnation. Amen. Let's all stand together. Hi, Pastor Bill here. I want to thank you for joining us today. On behalf of my wife, Krista, and Krista Selby Church, I want you to know that we're here to serve you and your family. Whether you have young children or kids in elementary school, if you're a teenager or a young adult, we have a passion to provide a safe and comfortable environment where you can grow in God and build a solid foundation of His love for you. And with that foundation, we encourage you to take the gospel of Jesus Christ with you wherever you go. It is our heart at Christian Assembly to be an outreach, to be the hand of God toward Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. We want to join as the body of Christ to make one last trumpet call before the final trumpet sound, and through a life of worship, bring in a harvest of people. With whatever gifts God has given you, we want you to be free to share those gifts and talents. Life is most fulfilled when we share God's love with others. And in all that we do, we want to demonstrate the power of the name of Jesus to the world through a ministry of excellence, to God first, and then also to you. So whatever the situation, wherever you are, whatever you're going through, I want you to know that we love you, and God loves you, and has a wonderful plan for your life. And that plan begins by making Jesus the Lord and the Savior of your life. And if you've never made that decision yet, I'd like to invite you to pray a simple prayer with me. And if you will, Jesus will become your Savior and your Lord. Just repeat after me this prayer. Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I now accept you and receive you as my personal Savior and Lord. Heavenly Father, I have called on the name of Jesus. I'm now your child in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me, I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.